And we are live. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to episode number 30 of Entrepreneur Live. And on this podcast today, I have a very, very special guest that I'm excited to bring to you. And this is none other than Brother Muhammad Lambat. Now, this brother's from New Zealand. So it's actually 11 a.m. his time. It's 5 p.m. our time. So I know it's a little bit later than we usually go live. You guys are hopping on right now and you're like, well, how come it's 5 p.m.? So he really, all the other side of the world, New Zealand, was kind enough to join us on this podcast to share his knowledge on ethical investing. And I'm just going to introduce you real quick, Mohammed, before we dive in, if that's okay. So Mohammed is, is really an adaptable engineering graduate. Okay. So he has a varied background in digital media and marketing and retail and small business startups. And the thing that caught my eye is right now he runs a finance blog, an ethical investment and finance blog called Muslim Investing. And this is where he aims to educate and create an awareness around ethical finances and investing for Muslims. And I thought that was an amazing initiative and he shares amazing beneficial content. So I thought I'd bring him on, bring him on this podcast, share his information, his wealth of knowledge with you guys, inshallah, so we can get some of that sweet information that we all want. So again, Assalamualaikum Muhammad, it's such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. It's an honor, brother. Super happy to have you, brother. And then we start every single podcast in the same manner of really asking the guests to share a little bit about their story. So I want to know what inspired you to create Muslim investing in the first place? What is the journey you went through that got you to where you are today? Yeah, so I, I've come from an entrepreneurial background. Um, my dad, my granddad, um, all businessmen. So growing up, I always had that uh, business background, bigger business mindset. And so I've started a few small businesses growing up. I used mm-hmm. to sell um, third-party GoPro accessories. And then I opened up a modern, fa- modern, uh, modest fashion wear brand with my wife, where we were selling hijabs and other hijab accessories in New Zealand. And awesome. in that time, I also did my engineering degree. And I realized I wasn't super passionate about engineering. And I realized I was always interested in finances and money. And I started investing when I was 17, only really oh, oh. last year, where I realized I'm not actually investing in halal investments. And so mm-hmm. I've been really looking into that. And through that journey, I found it quite difficult to find information on halal investing and what makes an investment halal. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to create Muslim investing for someone like me who's looking for how to make their investing halal. And that's right. sort of how I came up with Muslim investing and uh, continue to grow it, inshallah. Inshallah, that's awesome. So it's actually stemmed from a place where you realize that you were missing that. And then so you realize exactly. why not create it because it's not out there. And subhanAllah, that's actually the exact same uh, mission and the exact same journey that I went through to create Entrepreneur, where it's like, there's nothing really out there for Muslim entrepreneurs, you know, that approaches entrepreneurship business from an Islamic perspective. Let's make it. So these are the best ideas. And I, and I love that we can relate on that perspective. Now, share with me, brother, because there's so much, you know, that you share that's interesting, beneficial on this blog and on your Instagram. And if you guys aren't following, check him out. It's at Muslim Investing on Instagram. And it's an amazing account that he has right now sharing beneficial content. And I I want to ask you because, you know, all this content that you share is focused around really increasing, helping Muslims increase their wealth, right? Invest it in an ethical mm-hmm. way, uh, in an intelligent manner. And so... I want to ask you because recently I've, you know, read a few articles that stated that Muslims are actually more likely than non-Muslims to report household incomes that are lower than the average for their specific countries. Now, I want to ask you, 
does this have anything to do with you know Muslims not having an opportunity to invest ethically to invest halal or maybe they just don't know do you think these two are related yeah I definitely think um, a lot of Muslims don't invest because either they don't know what investing is or mm. they think it's all haram or they don't know how to choose halal investments so therefore they stay away from it so they're missing out on an opportunity to invest save and grow their wealth yeah 100% and, and I completely agree and we we recently brought Manzil on on this podcast as well and they have an ethical mortgage uh, Islamic finance company which is really amazing and when you look at all these Muslims that are missing out as well on real estate you know a big reason for that is the lack of, of ethical mortgages or, or, or exactly. mortgages that are interest-free right what do you think of real estate as an investment real quick yeah, I mean, <laughs> right now, but definitely something I would suggest getting into if you can afford to. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's super interesting right now with COVID and the prices that are constantly on the rise. Exactly. <laughs> it's 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 absolutely crazy, and in, in, in especially in Canada right now. I mean, how places are going over asking by fifty thousand, seventy thousand. It's yeah. it, it, it's 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 insanity. I want to ask you, brother, why is investing an important part of creating wealth, right? Because, again, we look at that stat and we think, you know, Muslims are not doing so great financially. Is it because investment is important? Is it because we're missing out on a potential avenue that could really help us, you know, grow our wealth and increase our financial ability? Yeah, I mean, a lot of Muslims tend to have this cash mentality where save cash, keep cash, but cash devalues every single day. Mm -hmm. Um three big reasons why Muslims should invest is one, um, we don't have access to uh, normal, sorry, Sharia compliant savings accounts. Right. And those who do the savings rates are very low. Another one is inflation, which is two to 3% of your money is devalued every single year. And you've got zakat, which Muslims pay on. Right. So if we're not investing each year, our money is devaluing every single year. That's why I think it's very important for Muslims to invest. 100%. I completely agree. And, you know, if you think about, as you mentioned, 2-3% inflation, and if we if we can't keep up with that, then you're actually losing money. Exactly. Now, I want to ask you, a lot of people hear this term ethical investing, halal investing, but w what does that mean? What does ethical investing mean to you? Ethical investing is investing in companies that are doing good for the environment. They treat their employees fairly, um, they give back to the community, they don't deal in pork, interest um mm -hmm. haram investments like alcohol things like that they stay away from all that those are ethical companies to me okay would you say that ethical companies also could be in terms of their business practices is that something that you research or you focus on when when it comes to investing yeah definitely look into that um look at the companies and see what they're doing for the environment for the employees and in general in the industry mm-hmm so how explain, walk me through a little bit more. What does your process look like for, for vetting that, right? Because someone could be like, okay, I understand that, but how am I supposed to take that information and you know research every company out there? It would take me hours. Is there certain guidelines to quickly find out you know, if, if a company could be ethical or not? Yeah, um, in a more financial point of view, it, it, there is financial ratios you have to look at, the debt rate, um, which is less than 33% of the total assets or the total market cap. Um, there's an allowance of 5% of revenue from Haram resources because most companies are not 100% um, not dealing with interest or Haram investments. Mm -hmm. um, but for, but a simpler way for Muslims to just screen stocks 
um, they could use, there are two halal stock screeners, one called Zoya, one called Islamically, okay. which would make it a lot easier for Muslims to vet these stocks to determine what a halal investment is. Um, another way of doing that is investing through um, halal investing funds, such as Wahid Invest, uh, Sarwa, Sharia Portfolio. These are all companies which offer halal investing. Um, you could mm -hmm. also look through their holdings and invest in those companies. That's a lot easier way to decide what a halal investment halal company is. Right. You know, we mentioned Wahid Invest. It's actually interesting. I've I've been looking into them a little bit. I want to know, uh, based on have you have you tested the platform? Have you tried it at all? I'm curious. Unfortunately, not because they're not in New Zealand. But I have heard a lot of okay. good things about the platform. Awesome. Yeah, myself included. So I was wondering if you, if you got a chance to give it a little test ride. Uh, but that's awesome. I'm glad to hear you know that they have you know an opportunity where you can just go and research. You said you mentioned like Zoya. How do you type that out if someone wants to look for that? Zoya. So that's Z O Y A. Zoya. Um, okay, got it. Yeah. So and so someone can go on there and they have a pre-vetted list of stocks. Is it because they're Muslim or do they just look for ethical? Um, it's a Muslim-based company, um, awesome. and they screen U.S. and Canadian stocks, and they'll tell Amazing. you whether it is halal or not. And there's a paid subscription where you can see in detail why it's halal or not. Okay, so that that's makes a lot sense. easier for most people to just get a quick: is it halal or not? But then I would right. always suggest looking further into that. After that point, that would be like a level one vetting process. Got it. Got it. So. A lot of people actually ask me if investing in general in, in the stock market is halal or haram. Now, of course, I mean, you know, we're, we're not muftis here, but I want to know your opinion on, you know, maybe some people think the whole thing is haram and, and they have that idea. Of course, maybe we don't necessarily agree, but why is that? Why, why do you think people have this perception of the stock market? I think it's the traditional trading sense where there's people <laughs> buying and selling instantly. I think that's more to do with day trading. Mm -hmm. uh, less so long-term investing. Um, it's a lot of speculation with day trading where that portion right. of trading or investing is looked at as haram. Mm -hmm. But from a long-term investing point of view, I don't see the issue with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you mentioned, as long as you look for the, the ethical and the halal stocks. Now, you know, someone watching this could be asking, they could be thinking, you know, all of this sounds really good, but why would I choose the stock market to invest in versus investing in real estate or versus investing in, let's say a, a business that, you know, my, someone that I know is starting, is there a certain advantage to the stock market or is, are there certain benefits to getting into the stock market and especially getting early, right? Is there a certain benefit to doing that? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with investing in a diversified portfolio of property, gold, for example, um, stocks a mixture of them all but okay. for most people it's not as easy to get into property so mm -hmm. stocks are a good way to get in early they have low minimums and like you mentioned growing over a long period of time which is the power of compounding yeah so the earlier you invest the more that money compounds and over the years can grow significantly that makes sense and compound interest you know you might hear that because the term is compound <laughs> interest and i know you have a post on that so i wanted to bring it up Compound interest, is this is it halal or haram as a concept? <laughs> I get that question. So <laughs> um, compound interest uh, is interest earned on interest. Um, 
the term interest or riba in Islam is haram, but mm-hmm. compounding is compounding interest on investments is not actually interest, it's profit. It's compounding profit. It's just the term that right. used is compound interest. So there's no actual interest dealing with compound interest on investments. But compound interest on loans or national savings accounts are interest, which would be haram in that scenario. Right. Walk me walk me through what that even means. What does compound interest mean for someone listening to this? They're like, okay, you said a lot of words about interest, but what does that mean exactly? Can we, is there a simple way to explain that concept for our listeners? Uh, for example, you invest $100 and then, for example, it goes up by 10%. So it goes to $110. And mm-hmm. then the next year, that $10 is part of the compounding. So it will okay. be the following year will be $210 if you're putting another $100 and that will compound instead of just hundred dollars mm-hmm. that makes sense so it's essentially because as that value or as that that wealth grows because of the, the the new size of it essentially i'm trying to like break it down into super simple terms here for like a layman listening to this uh let's as you mentioned because it's constantly growing the percentage increase that you get gets higher and higher right because exactly. every year it kind of like resets almost uh, the counter essentially it doesn't it, it keeps going but just they simplify uh the understanding of it now mm-hmm. but how does compound interest apply to stocks because let's say i bought a stock at a hundred dollars and then tomorrow it's 110 but it, it doesn't necessarily i mean how does compound interest fall into that because you know whether the price increases more or not it doesn't increase my the amount of shares that i hold within that stock yeah so that would be putting in more into the stock Okay. So, for example, you could use dollar cost, dollar cost averaging, which is where you're consistently investing in a company or fund over a set period of time with similar or the same amount. Right. So, as you're putting into the stock or company, sorry, stock or fund, that will compound on that. So, if it goes up 10% and then you're putting in more, it'll keep compounding and keep growing like right. that. Right. Right. Walk us through dollar cost averaging, brother, if that's okay. Because again, I want to make sure that we explain all the terms that we're dropping here, so that people don't think that we're trying to have an exclusive conversation and leave them out. What 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 does what does that even mean? So dollar cost averaging is where you're putting, say, for example, I'm putting hundred dollars every month. So you put the same amount every month, and as the stock market changes, the prices change for the stock each month, each day. So the idea is you will get the average price for that stock over, say, for a year. Mm-hmm. So that is one way of investing, or you could invest in a lump sum. Both have uh, different merits, but um, a good way without having the mental effort of deciding when a good price to buy a stock is, is to dollar cost average so that you know, you don't have to think about, oh, look, the price has dropped. Now is a good time to invest. You right. just invest the same amount regardless of the price, and you will get the average price over the year. Right. And this is a great strategy, especially for a company that you believe will grow long term and that's sustainable. Uh, obviously, probably not the best for penny stocks, but great for companies <laughs> where that are vetted and that are proven. Exactly. Now, I want to know my mind because and I know this is like feeling a little bit rapid fire, but I appreciate you giving me these you know, straight and, uh, and impactful answers, these bite sized answers. Uh, but I want to know, are there specific sectors or or funds or specific areas that you look that you look at when it comes to investing. I know you mentioned, for example, gold that could also be considered, uh, you know, a commodity. And we could also talk about forex for a little bit. But is there a specific funds, specific industries, sectors? If we talk about tech, if you talk about 
Um, right now, what's happening with electric vehicles? Is there anything like that that you're kind of on the lookout for uh, that seems interesting to you? Yeah, I'm definitely interested in tech stocks like e-commerce as well as electric vehicles, companies mm -hmm. like Tesla. Um, those yeah. are growing industries at the moment. So I'm definitely on the lookout for those. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of different stocks. It's just a, a more interest-based. So if you are interested in certain, a certain industry, I would suggest looking into that industry and seeing what the growth is in that industry. Mm -hmm. For someone that's starting off, is should they go? Should they gravitate more towards the the bigger one, the bigger stocks that are you know generally safer bets, more proven than smaller ones? There, you know, a lot of people will think, okay, well, I guess I'll go for the main, you know, the the big three or the big five: Apple, Microsoft, um, you know, all these big companies that are known and proven over time. But are there opportunities other than these giant companies that people should find? Because sometimes, you know, the smaller companies tend to have a, a higher percentage of growth if you can really pick them right. Is that part of your strategy as well? And would you recommend it for someone that's getting started? Yeah, I would definitely suggest looking into it. Um, but doing a lot of due diligence to mm. determine whether you think the company will actually do well. Right. But for most people, I would suggest actually starting with a fund. So if you're okay. fortunate to live in the US, Canada, UK, where you have access to companies like Wahid Invest, I would suggest starting out with a company like that as it lets you invest in a fund which has a diversified range of companies as opposed to choosing individual stocks. Um, okay. A good strategy is to use the strategy called uh, the core satellite strategy, which okay. is 60 to 80% of your investments are in a core fund, which is a low diverse, low cost diversified fund. So for example, companies like Wide Invest, those sort of funds, and then the remaining 20, 40% is in a satellite, which is individual companies more high risk so the idea is over the long term they will out they will balance each other out so that if the stock drops you still have your core investments which will cover that so and then that that ratio can change over time depending on how confident you are with picking stocks and things like that but it's a great way for most people over the long term to invest Amazing. That's interesting. We got a lot of questions coming in, by the way, in the comments that we'll get to, guys. So keep them coming because we're going to have a Q&A portion. Um, but one thing that I want to ask you, because based on what you're telling me, you're essentially saying that the optimal strategy would be to have a higher percentage, essentially the majority, into proven or at least less risky investments. So we're talking about, as you mentioned, funds where they're diversified for you. And then you can go and leave a small percentage for the ones that you're personally interested in or that you want to pick yeah. out. I really, really like that strategy. Now, let me ask you, because a lot of people, you know, they hear the word diversity thrown around or sorry, diversify thrown around in, in investment. But why is that important? Why, why does that even matter for an investor? Well, that matters because stocks can go up and down and you, no one can really predict uh, what's going to happen to a company so that's why you have a diversified range of investments you're looking at just diversified mm -hmm. stocks having in different industries having funds companies having a mixture of that and then on a more broader range diversified in terms of having property having business having all those different avenues of income so that if one drops the other one is there so that you're not losing everything at the same time Right. That makes sense. So essentially, it really helps you balance out when certain companies fall or certain sectors fall in price, but then others will hopefully, you know, make up for that because they're going to have an increase and it kind of balances out instead of always kind of following with single stock and you're 
get up, going up and down every single time. And it's, it's super stressful. I mean, I, it's interesting because if we think of, um, that's the thing is investing in the stock market is such a beautiful thing, but it's also such a, it, it, it has its pros and cons and it's, it could be a dangerous thing for the uninitiated because if we look at a stock, like uh, what happened recently with GameStop, right? if we, if we yeah. talk about that for a little bit, what happened recently with GameStop and for those of you who aren't familiar with that, essentially what happened, I don't know how I can explain it in, in layman terms, but essentially there was the stock that was being shorted heavily by Wall Street. You know what? What does shorting mean, Mohammed? Let's let's refer to expertise so they can <laughs> they can get this. Putting me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> what does shorting a stock mean? Uh, shorting a stock is where you're hoping the price is going to go down. That's mm. essentially what's happening. So in the case of okay. GameStop, where hedge fund managers borrowed stocks, hoping the price would go down, sell it, and then buy it back, and then the difference they make. Right. Um, but but because investors were constantly buying the stock up, the price was going up, so they were losing money. That's what was happening. Right. So essentially, shorting is when you you're making money when a when a stock loses value instead of gains value, right? Yeah. And, uh, and and so what happened is you know all these hedge fund managers and and Wall Street essentially was you know really shorting GameStop as a stock and a few other re retail stocks as well. They were essentially betting that they would lose value, but then people decided, you know what, we're going to drive their prices up. And it ended up, they were trying to create something called a squeeze, which we'll talk about later. But a lot of people got a lot of money. A lot of people saw this happening when it was too late. Because, okay, let's talk about this for a second. This is exciting. If you hear about something popping off like GameStop in the news, right? Is it too late to jump on? Because this happened with crypto. This happens with stocks like GameStop all the time. And I see people falling for it all the time. It's like they get on once news is already out and everyone yeah. has... Every, you know, it's already happened. Like that, that boom has happened. And they're like, oh, let me get on and ride the wave. But by that time, it's like, if people, if everyone's already talking about it, it's already too late. But yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me about that. Like, because a lot of people think, you know, if I hear, if I see a trend, I jump on it, it happened with crypto in 2016, happened with GameStop. It could be dangerous because the uninitiated, you know, they, they get on and then they invest so much. They're like, this is it. I'm going to become rich. They lose all their money. They get depressed. You know, bad things happen. What are your thoughts on, on these type of events? Should people, you know, take note of when something like GameStop happens and jump on? Should they avoid it? I, I tend to avoid it. I mean, I went through the whole um, crypto where Bitcoin was at the highest price then, mm -hmm. and then it just dropped significantly. And for most people, that, that that is very depressing. And if you're putting your entire life savings in it, you could lose a lot of money. So it's very risky. Yeah. Investing when the trend is on is not the best time to invest unless you genuinely believe that you believe in the company or in crypto, for example, that it will do well over the long term and you can afford to live without that money. I would not suggest uh, getting in on the trends at when they are at the high. Yeah, 100%. But then is there at least for you a way to catch a trend in advance do you have some something that you do do you you know uh stock some reddit subreddits what where are you at exactly what are you doing to to try to try to see catch a trend before it happens because everyone wants to know how to do that right yeah i'm i'm still <laughs> i'm still figuring how to do that out it's it's not it's not like easy but looking 100%. into industries companies that i know and new companies that are popping up reddit is a place to look but yeah, there's a lot of research that needs to be done before choosing investments. 
Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I know, I know, I'm, I know, I'm asking you so many questions, brother. But I appreciate you just kind of rapid fire dropping them on here and sharing your knowledge. So seriously, thank you for that. And I think those listeners are really enjoying. Mashallah, we still got you know a ton of people on the live at five p.m., which is really good. So it means they're interested in this, which is awesome. So let me ask you, what are some practical steps that people listening to this, people watching to this, can take to start saving up money and to invest? Should they should they prepare for anything? Should you know? What kind of process should they prepare for? How can they best put money aside for this? Um, a good way of doing this is um, taking 10% of your earnings after you paid all your bills and everything else and putting that towards investments. Um, okay. And that, that's sort of the strategy I use. Putting money okay. in 10%. for the long term, but around 10%, depending on your bills and other payments. Um, so earning you can earn extra money through business selling things things like that and using that money towards investments um another another thing i do is when i get a gift or receive any extra money put half of that towards investing um so there's, there's different ways of doing that um yeah yeah i i was talking to a friend recently and he said uh you know i because I, I was talking to him about this and i'm like Dude, you should you should put some money aside to for your investments. And, and he says, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, essentially, I, I enjoy the money that I have by mm-hmm. by spending it and by using it. And I don't want to deprive myself of that. But one thing that I think people need to understand, and it's important to understand, is that the ten percent that you're putting aside is actually you paying yourself before you yes, spend. Yes. Tell me more yeah, about that. I mean, a lot of people look at investing like, oh, that's spending, but it's mm. not. It's 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 saving for yourself over a longer period with the hopes that it will go up in value. Yeah. So, yeah, it is it is a mindset thing where you have to understand that that money is yours and you will get it over a longer period. It's not like you're spending and that you're not gonna see that again. Yeah. It, it is definitely a mindset thing. For sure. I want to ask your opinion, brother, because right now we live in a time where and at least in my opinion, a millionaire isn't what it used to be. If we look at the people around us, and I mean, if I ju- if I were just to kind of share my personal experience of of a Muslim living in Canada, you know, the middle. If you're a million, if you're a millionaire, I would say you know, low millions, like one or two, three million. Like you're pretty much middle class here. Like mm-hmm. the houses, the the cost of a home, a decent home in Canada, in Montreal at least, is is you know, minimum 500,000, it's minimum half a million just for a decent home that you can live in, you know, let alone expenses in terms of living and, and cars and food. And so how important is it to invest to prepare for that? Because I feel like the middle class is slowly getting priced out. They're getting priced out of, of the middle class. And we're, we're falling into an extreme of, of either poverty or, or riches. Have you, have you noticed that too, where you are in New Zealand? Is this a phenom- phenomenon that's happening in where you yes, are? So similar situation here where the house prices are extraordinary and for us in uh, New Zealand we don't have um, a halal loan option so Mm -hmm. most people most Muslims either they're taking out conventional loans or they're just renting and they can't actually afford to buy a property here because prices are so high Um, so it's 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 difficult so this is why investing is a good way of um, putting aside money when you're younger and letting that compound hopefully you can put that towards a property in the future inshallah definitely 100 percent. and that's the thing is when when you build it at an early age the earlier you begin the faster it compounds and it starts to build on itself 
and, and it really grows into something significant that you can eventually use, inshallah, towards your retirement. And I want to get... I want to get your opinion on this because, you know, we used to live in a time where people could essentially work a job and have that job security and then, you know, go through retirement and they still have their pension. But slowly as well, we're seeing kind of shift away from that. You know, pe people are, you know, jobs aren't as reliable and secure as they used to be. And people are, are forced to you know, change employment and change workplaces every few years. Mm -hmm. Do you think investing is does that make investing more important for people that are going through this economic time right now? Yeah. Um, um, you can invest in like dividend stocks where they pay you. Dividend mm -hmm. stocks are stocks that pay a dividend, which is a small portion of their earnings every quarter or um, every month, depending on the company to the investor and right. investing in that would be passive income. So then at times where you haven't got a job, that money be still paid to you. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. And, and really, I think developing that financial independence, especially in the time that we live in right now, if, if there's any avenues, any paths that you can take, then you should take them. And ethical investing is a beautiful way to do that. I want to know in your opinion, have you, have you met anyone that you, that you have, for example, through Muslim investing that's reached out to you that said, you know, the information that you shared, has been able to help me get started or has been able to make a difference because I, I know that's what you're trying to do right now. And inshallah, through people listening to this, there will be many more that follow you as well and that see your work. But do you see that there's a need for this? Do you see that there's a lack, I guess, in the Muslim community of of this knowledge of investing and of, of growing wealth? Definitely. I, I get tons of messages, people reaching out and saying, this is the information we needed. Um, we need more people like this to spread the knowledge. And I agree. I think there should be more people uh, spreading the information out there and getting more Muslims, especially younger Muslims, in on investing so that they can grow their wealth over the long over the long term. Um, it's definitely 100%. very important for Muslims to get into investing. I think. Hundred percent, hundred percent. For for younger younger people that are listening to this and that are like, listen, I only have you know, I'm a student. I got maybe fifty bucks, fifty bucks a month. Is it worth it? Should I start now? Is it even does it even matter? Yeah even even five dollars a month if that's what you can afford um depending on the broker um and what the <laughs> fees they charge but um even if it's just five dollars it's getting you in the habit of putting money aside for investing right. uh, i'm sure i'm sure most children can afford uh five dollars a month so it's just the habit of getting into putting money aside for investing for yourself right yeah got it and really building the habit i mean the power of habit i've read so many books on that and when you build that habit and you make kind of like an unconscious activity, you'd, you'd be surprised at the amount that you can save, you know, one year, two years, three years down the line. And I think, you know, there's like these graphs that you can see online, like here's what a cup of coffee every day costs you. Right. And if, if you were to invest it instead, here's how much you can make over your, over a lifetime. So sometimes we tend to overestimate what we can accomplish with like a thousand and we underestimate what we can accomplish with like, you know, just five or $10 every day. Exactly. <laughs> Hundred percent. Put a put, guys. Put a coffee in your investment fund instead of buying it. <laughs> Make the coffee at home. <laughs> I love it, brother. Exactly. We got a, we got a ton of questions coming in, but I want to know. You know, based on your perspective and what you've seen in your knowledge right now, you have an audience of Muslim entrepreneurs that are listening to this. Inshallah, that will watch this as well. I want to know if there's anything that you feel beneficial to share with them in regards to investments, especially with entrepreneurs. Our income is usually a little bit unstable. Uh, you know, sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. 
is there is there anything that you could possibly share as advice or something that could help us when it comes to investments and, and growing our wealth as a little as a little tip for the listeners here yeah as entrepreneurs uh, as you mentioned uh, income is not always stable so it is good for you guys to invest so that when you don't have as much income at time like dividend payments can come in um, and putting aside yeah. money um once a month once you know every six months depending on how money comes in and putting that aside so that you can invest for the long term so that hopefully you can retire early and use that money to live 100 i agree especially because as you mentioned because it's on and off and it's uncertain when we have that little nest egg and it grows it's just a way for us to you know as you mentioned earlier pay ourselves instead of you know constantly just using that money to pay for expenses and then there's nothing left for us as savings to hold us when, when the times get rough. Now, there's one question that I ask every guest before we, we dive into Q&A here. We got a lot of questions coming in from the guests, so we'll, we'll go through a few of them, inshallah, as well. Um, but I want to ask you, Muhammad, if you could if you could meet you know, yourself from you know, a few years ago, younger Muhammad, he was you know, maybe just finished high school. I don't know if you guys have high school in New Zealand. Is that a thing? Awesome, awesome. Because I know, like the education system, the names change everywhere. Some people call it college or whatever. Um, but yeah, so you know, you can meet him just just getting out of high school. Is there something specific? Is is there one thing that you could tell him or that you'd want to tell him that would help him? You know, in in, in his journey to where he is today. Yeah, I would say um, take a side job, so earn more money, and then put that <laughs> most of that money towards investing. That's what I would say. The younger you start, Love the it. more it compounds. So that's literally what I would say. Love it. Love it. hundred percent. And that's, that's amazing advice. So if you're young and you're listening to this, you heard it right here, guys on this podcast, Mohammed, thank you so much, brother. Let's dive into some uh, Q and A. If you're open to that, we got a few questions yeah. from the guests. Awesome guys. So Bismillah, let's start a Q and A. And if you guys have questions other than the ones that are already in the comments that you've asked, make sure to drop them and we'll try to get to as many as possible while we have brother Muhammad sharing generously his time here. So, the first one here is actually an interesting question that I'd love to hear your answer to as well. And this one is, what are your thoughts on investing in crypto? It's an interesting discussion. You know, we should talk about that a little bit. Um, crypto. Um, according to most scholars, it's acceptable to invest in. Okay. So that, that's the, the most popular opinion. So from that point of view, I invest in crypto. Um, not a huge amount but I do invest in crypto. And if you've done the research and you believe it will go up in value, then I would suggest it's not a problem investing in crypto. Um, most of the investments I would suggest investing in stocks. So. Okay, awesome. I'm curious, I'm uh, invested in crypto myself as well. And, you know, even seeing the, 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 the fall and then the rise again of crypto, I'm like, oh my God, man, I wish I caught that a little bit earlier too. I mean, I had invested, let me tell you, let me let me share with you guys one of my mistakes. I'm going to be vulnerable here. I invested in crypto. The, the reason why I have firsthand experience on don't, like if you're hearing it, if, if let me tell you this, if, if like your uncle walks up to you and tells you, did you hear what's happening with GameStop? And, and that person is never, you know, that, that, you know, that it's too late. Okay. You know, that if, yeah. if people that have never invested ever are talking about something, it means it's way too late. And unfortunately that's what happened with crypto, right? Every single person was talking about it. Every single, you know, your mom, your grandmother, it was on the news. And so everyone's like, all right, this is, this is it. Like we're going to get rich. And uh, I invested a little bit during that time. It was the all time high. And of course, then we know what happened. It crashed and 
you know, alhamdulillah, now it's back up again. Thankfully, I, uh, I held this whole time. And so thankfully, it did pay off uh, five years later. So we made it, guys. Glad, uh, glad to see that we did. <laughs> alhamdulillah. But of course, you know, looking at that, I'm like, oh, man, if I just didn't invest in that high and waited and I invested, like, let's, let's say we did dollar cost averaging, Mohammed. Let's just say yeah. that we did dollar cost averaging on crypto. Right. I mean, how how much could you have made in terms of percentage? You're going to make like what, 500, 1000 percent over the last five years? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, the price went up and then it dropped significantly. And now obviously it's back up again. So mm-hmm. investing through that entire period, you would have got an average price as opposed to investing in the high as you did. I did. <laughs> Just make a difference. Yeah. Hundred percent, man, and 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 that's really the, the beauty of dollar cost averaging, and it sh- and it really shows you that these tried and true investment lessons it's something to follow because, you know, it it kind of helps you avoid these these rookie mistakes of investing in all time highs and selling in all time lows, and even now as Bitcoin is currently rising, uh, and and it's broken its all time high record, I've actually decided not to invest because I'm like it's at another all time high, and you know I don't want to make the same mistake I did before. I'm already holding. Let me just stick to what I have. Mm-hmm. So do you think for, for a novice investor, do you think now is a good time? Because they are breaking barriers, but at the same time, we're, we're also seeing massive adoption from, you know, major financial institutions, right? So I want to know, is it still a good time to invest in crypto in your opinion? I know this is completely an opinion, right? We can't predict the future, but in your opinion, is it still good, a good time for someone that's just getting in? I haven't put more into crypto since, so that's mm-hmm. just my opinion. It's it's so difficult to predict. Right. Um, I am I'm I'm tending to stay away from it as it's just more risky. That's right. my opinion. Got it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I completely understand you. I'm I'm honestly in the same boat. I've invested again in 2016, and since then I haven't added more. I've I've invested in Ethereum specifically, so that's what I personally chose to to purchase. I really like what what they're doing, and I love Bitcoin as well. And I think it's an amazing investment. If you guys already have some, definitely stick to it. But for me <laughs> right now, hundred percent, because I don't know all time high right now. I don't know if I would, if I'm ready to go in at the current price point, I think it's up to like 50,000 right now, if I'm not mistaken, something crazy yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's, it's something like, where it's the all time high now, but will it, next week will it be the all time high? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I, and I already got burned once, so I don't want to get burned again. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, what do they say? Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? So uh, that's how that saying goes. So yeah, that's what we that's what we think about crypto. Hope, that, hope you got some insight from that. Um, <laughs> I don't think we like, we really gave them much guidance. But listen, guys, if you're, if you're thinking about investing in crypto, uh, really, the biggest thing that we shared is it seems viable. It's being adopted by major financial institutions, but it is at an all-time high, so you have to keep that in mind as well. You right? Yeah. There's a certain risk involved when it comes to investing in something at an all-time high. Um, another question that we have: so compound interest is profit. So can we explain? Can we kind of like just explain a little more what compound interest is for our listeners? Really make sure that they understand it. Compound interest on a credit card loan and other loans, conventional savings accounts, that's not halal, where you're okay. paying interest or receiving interest through interest compounding in that way isn't halal. But compound interest on investments isn't interest. It's mm-hmm. profit. Um, so that's uh, it's a normal compound interest can you, isn't can halal. You give, can you give me an example of that? Like, can we, like, is there a set, just so like, so people can understand, like, give me an example 
of what that is. So let's say you buy a stock at a certain price, then what happens? Can you explain it in that way if that's possible? Yeah, so you so you buy stock for hundred dollars and then mm -hmm. the price goes up by ten percent, so it goes to ten dollars. And mm -hmm. then the following year you're putting in hundred dollars and then it will go up by two hundred two hundred and ten dollars will increase mm -hmm. not just the two hundred dollars where the initial principle you've put in. So that keeps happening over every single year and then that compounding portion is compounding. That is the okay. profit that is compounding. Got it. Got it. So, uh, so does that have to be? Does that absolutely have to be combined with uh, dollar cost averaging? Like, could, could it be considered if you just invest one time? Would it still compound? It's still compound because that, okay. um, that's why it's that's why they say um, start investing earlier because someone to have started investing at twenty to ages of forty, um, and then if you leave that money till say sixty five, versus someone who started at thirty would need a lot more years to get the same amount as someone till the age of 65. Right. The power of compounding, it, the earlier you start, the more it compounds. Even if you would stop putting money in, you would end up with more. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So definitely an advantage to starting early, as we mentioned earlier. We got an interesting question from um, the from the audience. Another one here. And this one is, what's going to be the next GameStop? Let's see if we let's let's see if we have like the magic orb where we can where we can give the answer to that we probably don't but in your opinion what's maybe what's an interesting stock or an interesting sector to look at um currently i'm looking at uh, electric vehicles and e-commerce um, okay. but whether that's going to be the next game stop <laughs> i have no idea so specifically tesla electric and and a lot of companies are developing electric vehicles right now as well other than tesla so is it just as specifically tesla or is it as an industry as a whole you're keeping an eye as on it, it? As an industry, I'm looking at other companies um, in that sector. So not just Tesla. Tesla is obviously one of the main ones, but there mm. are other companies as well. Similarly with e-commerce companies like Etsy. Um, so, um, sorry. Yeah, Etsy, Etsy is the company I'm looking at. And there's other companies as well. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess because there are in e-commerce, right? Yeah. Is it because, because is it because due to the pandemic right now and what's happening, you know, consumer behavior is shifting towards online? So you're you're following that trend? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Over the past year, previous year, a lot of e-commerce businesses have gone up in value because of that reason, because most people are buying things online. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So if, if I understand, if if I were to, 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 to kind of understand from that, what you're telling me is you should look at what's happening around you, not only in terms of like the stock market and what's happening there, but how is consumer behavior changing? So how are people... How are the how are our lives and the events that are surrounding our lives affecting what companies we purchase from, what companies we do business with, and then tracking those companies? Because I mean that's essentially Warren Buffett's strategy, right? If you read his his investment book, he says you know invest in in the companies that you purchase that you use every day, yeah. right? Because these are companies that are proven. Is is that is that your same methodology right now that you follow? Yeah, I think probably the best way of. Uh coming up with companies that you should invest in, not just looking at uh, Wall Street bets and uh, companies <laughs> that are on trend. <laughs> 100%, 100%. It's crazy, man, what happened with GameStock, it's interesting. So guys, look at what you're, look at what you're using every day. What are, think about it, what are the companies that are using every day that you know you can't get rid of? I mean, one that's a safe bet that I know for sure um, I can't get rid of is Amazon. So they're probably a good bet. But honestly, Amazon, it's amazing to see their growth because you know, people who've invested in Amazon 
five, 10 years ago. And again, hindsight is always 2020 when it comes to investment. And I think I want mm-hmm. to talk about that a little bit with you because a lot of people kind of shoot themselves in the foot because of that and, and myself included. Okay. So I'm not going to, you know, say that I don't fall for that same trap, but you know, you look at a stock, you look at a crypto, you're like, Oh, if I just invested in Bitcoin when it was $10,000, it's now 50 K I would have been a billionaire. If I just invested in this stock, you know, isn't it, is there a certain mindset that's required to investing as well? Is there, is there something that we have to keep in mind? Because I think mindset is a big thing in, in investing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, most people do that. I, I've done that. We all do that, the hindsight, but it's getting over that and finding now the next company so that mm-hmm. in five, 10 years, you will be looking at other people and like looking at the progress you've made. Um, another thing is with like COVID where the stock market went down initially, it's not selling, it's just holding and predetermining before when you start investing, how long you want to hold for, not just based on what's happening with the market. And that's why dollar cost averaging comes in place where you're not looking at the market, you're just investing in the company because you believe in the company, not what's happening in the market. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really something that is important to highlight for people listening because I want to make sure that when they listen, that they walk away from this episode, that they can make these these intelligent decisions. And thankfully, based on what you're sharing, I'm sure they will. And it's really to follow these proven principles, right? Dollar cost averaging, which is when you, for example, decide, okay, I want to put in $10 a month. Even if it's just $10 a month, I want to put it in stocks and you put it towards this company. Then this is a company that you believe in. For example, Amazon, whether it's going up or going down, over time, you believe that the company is going to succeed, it's going to profit, and it's going to keep growing. And that allows you to you know, also disconnect a little bit from the news, right? Because a lot of people will invest, and then what happens is now they're tracking every single event that happens with that company, every single news piece that, that goes out. And, and, and with it, like their insulin either spikes or drops completely. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it's important to remain emotionally detached as well in, with investing, isn't it? Definitely. Don't, don't look at your portfolio every day. Don't do mm. it. <laughs> 100%. How often do you look at your portfolio? I'm curious. Um, I look at it a couple of times a month. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the less time, the better. I, especially it. if you're someone where it really affects if the market has gone down, if you see negative, if it really affects you, look at it less often. Yeah, got it. Definitely, because uh, you, you can go crazy with these things, man. If you keep looking at it every day, every time it's in the red, it's like <sighs> getting anxious. And then it's green, you're like super over the moon. Uh, I, I've definitely been there. So uh, we know how it is, guys. Make sure to emotionally disconnect. We've got a few more questions, if that's okay with you. If we've got a few more minutes, inshallah. Um, so we got a really, really good question from one of our viewers. And this one is about shorting. I know we glanced over it uh, real quick, but I want to I wanna highlight this here. See if I can find it. Sorry, let me pull it up here. Where was it? There you go. Is it halal to short a stock to sell a stock you don't technically own? It's a very good question, actually. Um, I'd love your opinion on this. Did you get the chance to research it, and what have you found? Um, not a scholar, but I have. I have looked at it to a certain extent, but I wouldn't say it's okay because Islamically, we should own what we we should own what we're selling before we sell it. So I, I wouldn't agree saying it's halal to mm-hmm. short a stock. But um, I definitely look into it. Um, uh, check websites like Islamic Finance Guru and other websites like that. Do a bit more research, I would suggest. Okay, got it. So from what you found, in, in your opinion, you, you found it to not be halal, actually, to short a stock? Yeah. Okay, got it. So that that's the straight answer that we got for you there. We got one more question 
Uh, well, actually, we got a few more, mashallah, but uh, we'll see if we can dive into as many through as many as possible. Is it better to invest and take advantage of compound growth uh, or should someone invest? In, so I guess the first one is talking about the stock market or should, or should someone invest in a property where the bank is taking advantage of the compound growth effect with your money over the years instead of you? Well, that would depend also what kind of mortgage you have, right? But is there anything we can say about that? Yeah, I'll let you read it. It's a bit of a long question. For sure. <laughs> We're dedicated to you guys on this podcast. This is, I'm, doing, I'm doing this for you. <laughs> um, uh, I would suggest having a mixture. It's depending on what you can afford. Okay. So essentially diversify even in the type of investment. So not yeah. just when you invest in stocks and you know, you're diversifying in terms of the companies and portfolios, but also diversify in the channels they're investing in. So we're talking about stocks and properties and, and gold, et cetera. I want to get your opinion actually, because real quick, right now, a lot of major institutions are actually transitioning away from gold as an asset and into crypto, which is interesting. I'm not sure if you've, mm -hmm. if you've, if you noticed that, if you've read that a little bit, but um, what's your opinion on gold long-term? Do you feel like it's still going to be just as it was, which is the best way to secure your, your, your wealth long-term, you know, it's, it's cause that's how people, used it normally right um i haven't looked too much into gold but um i would definitely suggest having some but maybe not as the main um, asset okay what's the reason for that because there are crypto and stocks and other things that are going up i'd have it as part of my portfolio but not a significant portion just mm -hmm. as um part of the diversified portion of it so it's just another thing helps diversify mm -hmm. my portfolio got it now is there is there such a thing as too diversified is there such a thing as spreading yourself a little bit too thin where if an area gains now it, it's like it's so it's so small that it, it doesn't end up having an impact on your overall portfolio so what is the extent that you usually like to diversify it or that you recommend diversifying at um so like i mentioned with that core satellite strategy it's i think the earlier you start, the more diversified. And as you learn more about investing, you have more money to invest, then slowly shrink that core portion down and increase your satellite, which is the more risky, um, more single stocks, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. So we got a, we got a, we got a few more questions, mashallah, that are coming in. Um, let me see if I can, uh, let me, I'll try to do two or three more. This is like, as, I think this is the most questions we've ever gotten on an episode. There's people are definitely interested in this topic, <laughs> which is awesome. Michelle. So I really appreciate you, you know, sharing your knowledge and time with us, uh, my brother. So we've got another one here. When we invest in a 401k, so this is a retirement account, especially in different funds, they'll have a list of companies that they invest in, right? So essentially 401k, you put it into a fund, the fund is diversified for you. How do we know if those companies are halal, especially for the ones that are not listed? Um, so I, I know we, we glanced over it again through the episode, but is there anything that we can add to that? Um, it would depend on the company. So be contacting the company and finding out what company they're investing in. Okay. Um, I'm not sure entirely how a 401k works, uh, just cause I'm not in the U S but if the company is halal to invest in, then it's halal. Um, and if they're not mentioning the company, I'm sure if you reach out to them, then give you better advice on what companies they are investing in. And then you can check that through the stock screener or from by yourself and then determine what's halal and then 
go, go from there. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's a straightforward answer. I love it. We got two more. I'll try to squeeze them in and then that's it, guys. We'll try to get to the ones after that. But I know you guys still have questions, but we'll try to squeeze in as much as possible while we're running out of time. Since Tesla has gone so high, do you consider it has reached a level of maturity or will it grow further? So this is just a personal opinion question. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit. I know you said actually that you're invested, so I guess you think it'll grow. Yeah, over the, over the long term, I do think it will grow. How high? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But uh, at the moment, I do think it's a growing sector in general. Yeah. So Tesla will be part of that sector in terms of growth. 100%. I mean, the, the, we're seeing a shift even in terms of the bigger companies like Ford and Toyota and even BMW and Mercedes. Uh, pretty much almost every car brand, when you look at what their uh, vehicle designs are, their vehicle concepts are for uh, the next few years, they're pretty much all electric vehicles. They're at least based yeah. off electric vehicles. So it's definitely a trend that's currently rising for sure. So I guess actually that brings me to an interesting point, which is, look, if you're thinking about investing in Tesla, look at, and, and, and you look at Tesla and you think it's an automobile company, you can look at where the automobile industry is going, right? What are what are the concepts or uh, you know the the future vehicles that Ford and BMW and Toyota and all these big companies have announced, and and check it out and see you know does this make sense? Does this also follow where Tesla is Tesla is going? And and that's how you can come to that conclusion. We got one more inshallah, and then we're gonna and then I think. That's going to be the last question we take. So what sort of mindset should one look to develop at the beginning of their investing journey? We, we've actually talked about that a little bit. Is there anything we want to add onto it? I know we talked about, you know, really just keeping that emotional detachment, doing dollar cost averaging. So would you recommend dollar cost averaging as the, the best way to get started? Yeah. Yeah. Um, determining so, how long you want to invest for, uh, what kind of risk you want to take, and then determine with that how diversified you want to go. Okay. Awesome. And I know I said one last one, but this, this, I got to give, I got to give this guy an opportunity. This is my brother, Salim. Uh, we got a new ETF that mimics the S&P 500, only the Sharia compliant firms in it. It's pretty amazing. I didn't know that. It's awesome. Would you advise investing in that as a diversified portfolio? The ticker symbol is SPUS. That's really nice. So if you guys are interested, SPUS, check it out. Yeah. Let's see. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I would invest in a fund like that. Again, as part of the, core part of my investments okay I, i've looked i've looked at that um that ticker so yeah i would i would invest really okay awesome i didn't i didn't even know about that that's really, really interesting is that so are these are these guys like a hedge fund or or what do they put together exactly it's it's a fund as far as i know uh they're part of the sharia portfolio that's the name of the company that offers this okay. ticker so yeah they offer halal investments Amazing. Mashallah. So I love that there's there's new, you know, ETFs like this popping up. So check it out, guys. The ticker is SPUS, SPUS. It's interesting. And this is a ticker that includes uh, S&P 500 stocks, but only Sharia compliant, which is really, really nice. So I want to thank you, Mohammed, for joining me on this podcast. I know we went a little bit over and I really want to thank you for your time. And I'm grateful for you coming on, sharing your knowledge, your opinions. I know we asked you a lot of personal questions about what you think <laughs> about this stock and that stock. Uh, so again, everything that we're stating here is pretty much a matter of personal opinion, but I want, I really want to just thank you for taking the time to share with us your expertise today. Where should people go if they want to connect with you? If they want to, you know, keep it up to date with, uh, invest, what you're putting out in terms of investment advice and, and stock advice, what's the best place to take them? 
Um, Instagram um, at Muslim Investing. Yeah. That's uh, my main source of information. I'm also on yeah. LinkedIn, Facebook, but uh, Instagram would be the main place to go. Awesome, guys. So you heard it right here at Muslim Investing. It's all stuck together. We'll drop a link in the description as well of the episode, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you'll find it there. And go ahead and give uh, Muhammad a shout out and let him know in the comments that you're coming from the Entrepreneur Live podcast so that he can know, uh, you know, that you're, you're one of the crew, you're one of the members, inshallah, and, and that you're following him. Mohammed, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast, for being part of this. It was an absolute honor and pleasure. I've learned a lot. I hope everyone listening has learned a lot. And I hope that we'll have you again to discuss more strategies and 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 more investment opportunities that people could possibly look out for. That would be awesome. Inshallah. Appreciate you having me on. It was a pleasure, brother. Definitely. Waalaikum salam. Salam alaikum, guys. Thank you for watching. Make sure to subscribe, and I'll see you in the next one. Take care. Salam alaikum.